Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about what corn's doing in the field right now. As we drive through and take a look at individual fields, we're seeing corn anywhere from about V4 up to about V7 as we record this episode. So what we're seeing is corn moving from its seedling growth stage into a period of rapid growth where we see more hybrid characteristics start to show up. What we want to talk about today is what is the corn doing during this period and what are its nitrogen needs. Today, as our host, as our guest, we have Wayne Fithian, the Rob Seco Agronomy Manager. Welcome back, Wayne. Thank you, Jim. Good to be back. Yeah. So, Wayne, can you tell us a little bit about what the corn is doing right now as it's progressing from pre-V5 to post-V5 stages? Well, I think one of the one of the big things you mentioned is that kind of V5 is the end of the seedling stage. And so, uh, you know, so, so far we've been looking at a plant that's just trying to just trying to get, you know, a little bit of establishment going and getting its nick placed out in that field, you might say. And and uh, now it's time for hybrid vigor to kick in. And over the next four weeks, we're going to see a, a dramatic change in this corn crop. You know, we're going to go from just a little over boot high, maybe a few of the biggest fields, you know, starting to get still below the knee, starting to get up to the shin. And Boy, four weeks from now, we're going to have corn plants that are going to get, be getting ready for tassel. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, as as you talk about that transition from from seedling growth into more of the hybrid growth, where where rapid growth occurs, you know, th- there is a, a really special transition that occurs during that time period too, with the growth point and where that growth point is located. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, Jim, assuming the corn was planted two inches deep, mm-hmm. then the growing point reaches a stocky elongation, starts at V4, and it starts to push that uh, growing point up to the soil surface. And at V5, in that two-inch planted corn, it'll, it'll, the growing point will be at the, at the soil surface and rapidly moving above. Actually, at V5, pretty much the whole corn plant blueprint is made. And in fact, at V6, if you really carefully slice through the center of that plant and look, you can find a little bitty tassel. Mm-hmm. And so what that tells you is all of the stalk and the leaf area between that, that seedling V5 plant and that finished plant that we're going to see sometime after the 4th of July, it's it's already created it just has to be made. So what the plant's going to spend a lot of time doing over this next three, four weeks is is uh, taking those little bitty cells and blowing them up, kind of like you blow a balloon up. So a balloon before you put air in, it's not very big. Those cells in that corn plant right now are miniature, but they're going to get big. So we're going to see this corn crop go from shin high to over the top of our heads in just a matter of weeks. Absolutely. It's a really fun period to see, and, and there's a lot going on inside that corn plant. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, as that plant is elongating and, and growing, you know, it, you mentioned that the cells are, are getting bigger, all the cells are already made, but, you know, how, how do we measure that? Yeah, well, we, 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 uh, we measure that by counting, of course, leaves with a collar around mm-hmm. the stalk. So a collar, like, like the collar on my shirt or your shirt, you can see a piece that goes around your neck, right? And mm-hmm. that's, that's when we know a plant has achieved a leaf stage. Now, it gets a little more difficult because the early leaves are going to start to slough off and go away. So, so actually, it's, uh, it's easier shown in the field than talked about how to find those uh, early leaves. But, uh, but that corn plant, uh, it's, it's uh, making the ears. So each of those, when I said you can find that 
tassel Mm -hmm. in a V6 corn plant, if you're really careful about how you dissect it, you can start to find some of those ear shoots. Now at V6, all you're going to find is a little bit of early husk material. But by V8, you can actually find ears. And if you look at those ears under a microscope, that uppermost ear, so the one that's six or seven leaves down from the tassel, Got it. Got to have a pretty sharp knife to to get that all split out. But the, yep. that that one you can actually count rows on. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing is is that corn plants always have an even number of rows because a, a sixteen row ear starts out with eight kernel primordia, and yep. then each of those primordia split into two. So at eight leaf you'll see eight rows, and it's going to become sixteen. And in fact by uh, by V twelve. You can see all the kernels on the ear, and you can see where at maybe the bottom third, those kernels have split into two. Mm-hmm. And so the bottom part of that ear shoot will have 16 rows, but the upper part will still be in that process of splitting from one to two. So you may only count eight on that upper part. But I think the, the take-home message in that is that as we manage our corn crop, we need to know that very shortly after we get into this rapid growth stage, that corn plant's thinking about and and kind of monitoring the growing conditions and making a decision, how many rows can I put on? Mm-hmm. And between, you know, that that V8 and V12, the decision shifts to how many kernels am I going to have water and nutrients and warmth and goodies and sunlight? How many, how many rows should I ha- How many kernels should I have in those rows or how long is that air going to be? So we want to make sure... We do everything we can managing that corn crop to uh, make that corn, I like to say, as happy as can be. Absolutely. So so if I'm listening to this and, and thinking about it, I can go out and, and dissect out with a very fine knife and under a microscope, see the ear, and potentially, depending on the stage of the plant, count the number of rows around and kernels long. So in theory, I might be able to actually estimate yield. Well, yeah, we, we got a long time between uh, when we initiate that yield mm-hmm. potential yep. and finish it. So one of the big times, so we, we, may, we may decide, you know, we might get 600 kernels on that ear, mm-hmm. you know. And at least what we see of that ear shoot at V16 or V18, but what the conditions are around pollination will decide how many of those kernels actually get fertilized and develop. Mm -hmm. And the conditions during grain fill will determine how many of those kernels make it to full size and how big the kernels are that made it to full size. And then, of course, how heavy they are. So. I'd be a little uh, leery of that uh, <laughs> yield estimation made on a on a V14 or 16 plant, but certainly you can see how many kernels you're going to possibly have. But, that, you know, one of the real important ingredients, in addition, of course, to sunlight and water, is nitrogen. Mm-hmm. And that corn plant, as it goes from that seed into that seedling stage to tassel, it's going to take up somewhere around 70% of the nitrogen that it needs for the season. And most of that water comes to the plant as it draws or most of that nitrogen comes to the plant as it draws water from the soil to evaporate off its leaf surface so it can gather in carbon dioxide. So there's a big need for nitrogen. And the corn plant actually wants it to be nitrate nitrogen because it evolved Mm -hmm. to be able to draw that nitrogen in with the water. If it's ammonium form nitrogen, like we have in a lot of our fertilizers, hasn't been converted yet in the soil to nitrate, then, then the plant actually, the root has to go bump into it. And that's a lot more difficult than just drawing it in 
as nitrate nitrogen. Now, unfortunately, plants then convert it back to ammonium to make it into a protein. So it's not the most efficient system in the world. But the easiest way to get nitrogen into a corn plant is to have a lot of nitrate nitrogen available in the soil. You can put on an ammonium form. It'll soil rapidly convert it to nitrate form, uh, and then it'll be available to the plant. But that's the reason side dress works so well. You know, we exactly. we get more of that nitrogen on right when that corn plant's going to have that really big need. You know, in 30, 30 days, it's going to take up 70% of its nitrogen. So if you're raising 200 bushel corn, that means it's going to take up 140, 150 pounds of nitrogen during that time period. Absolutely. So... 70% of the nitrogen being taken up over that more or less 30-day period means that it's really, really important to get that nitrogen out and in the ground at the time that it, it can be started to take up, taken up, as that will then play into the ear development that then sets the yield potential for the rest of the season. So what happens after reproductive stages in terms of nitrogen uptake? I mean, is there any opportunity to add additional yield after that point through additional fertilization? The, the plant will continue to take up some nitrogen after tassel. And, uh, and, and I, I think, you know, and, but, but rapidly that nitrogen that's in the plants getting converted into protein in the grain, right? So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, Depending on a lot of post-tassel uptake, then you're already starting to affect things like protein content in the grain. So it's better to have that nitrogen on in that rapid, ahead of that rapid growth period. So if you plan a side dress, go do it now. Yes. Right? Uh, ideally, uh, ideally, I like to see guys start to think about side dressing just as soon as you can row that corn well driving, you know, 40 miles an hour down the road. Exactly. Because uh, it's not going to be very long. It's going to start to get tall and, and uh, want that nitrogen in big volumes, and you want to give that soil a little bit of time to convert it. So uh, I, I, like, uh, I like having a lot of nitrate nitrogen in that soil around the early part of June so that we can get that into the plant and have it there when we need it and have that grain protein optimized in that kernel because as soon as that kernel starts to form, that plant's going to make the embryo. And protein's a huge part about of that embryo in that kernel. So uh, the, the plant can make the sugar to put the starch around that embryo later. Let's make mm-hmm. sure we got enough to make protein early. Now, Wayne, you know, on our farm, we have a lot of, uh, of really sandy soils right along the Elkhorn River. And we worry sometimes about if we put down the nitrogen a little bit too early, say, you know, as soon as we can row that corn, will it still be there by the time the plant's able to take it up? What, what can we do to actually make that nitrogen last longer? Well, you can, you can use a nitrogen stabilizer. And I do like nitrogen stabilizers, especially for fall applied or early pre-plant. If you're doing that side rest application really early, then a stabilizer could still be a value. But I think if you're doing it in that five, six, seven leaf stage, I'd leave the stabilizer out mm-hmm. and just rely on the fact that you're putting it out there only a couple of weeks ahead of when you're going to really need it. Because, again, that stabilizer is going to keep it in ammonia mm-hmm. or ammonium form, and the plant wants nitrate so that it can suck it in with the water. Yep. And uh, and not have to go find it. So your your uptake you're going to get a lot more uptake if you have nitrate nitrogen in that soil in that soil solution rather than ammonium nitrogen attached to the soil particles. Excellent, excellent. Now, you know it's it's a lot of fun to go walk you know cornfield, look at the corn, see see what you can see. But um, you know, aside from dissecting some plants just to verify growth stage and everything, you know what what can a farmer do to um, put themselves in the best position later in the season as they're walking their fields today? 
Well, you know, it used to be we spent a lot of time looking for European corn borer right now because mm-hmm. uh, before we had traits to control European corn borer, that was a big problem. And, and we spent, and the other thing is uh, th- this time of year is the rootworm larvae have likely hatched mm-hmm. or will soon be hatching and starting to feed. So over the next couple of weeks, maybe take, taking a look at some root systems and seeing whether or not there's enough rootworm damage out there to uh, need to take some kind of an action. I think the other thing, though, is to start look at diseases because especially if we start to get some warm, humid, kind of rainy weather and humidity that stays on the leaves late into the morning by the latter part of, you know, in mid and late June, we need to start thinking about leaf diseases, looking for things like northern corn leaf bite, gray leaf spot. We have a nice agronomy tip sheet on each available at robseco.com so, uh, and, and also some uh, field-ready uh, short videos on those two diseases so yeah. uh, might might think about whether or not there and start thinking about okay do i have enough disease pressure do i need to start thinking about a fungicide application to make sure that i keep those leaves healthy from the ear leaf up through the reproductive part so if you got a lot of northern corn leaf blight starting to build in or you got quite a bit of gray leaf spot think about a fungicide at r1 to keep the last half of that plant healthy yeah. Now, now, why do you why do you suggest R one is the most uh, timely time to have that fungicide application? Well, I, I like I like R one be, because usually you don't have the upper part of the canopy widely infected by those diseases prior to tassel. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do, you better do it before R one, right? Yes. But, but if you don't, then then doing it R one makes sure that you get that activity prolonged into grain fill longer. So if you go out there and you make it on, you know, chest high corn, mm-hmm. you might not have as much activity as you want if that weather if that weather kind of front persists to favor the disease at milk. Mm-hmm. Right? When we're looking at roasting your corn, you might not have the protection you want. And if you can delay it to R1, then you're going to get yourself through uh, the grain fill period. Excellent. Great. So, Wayne, after our discussion today, basically what you've said is that, that as we're moving from that stage of, of about V4 to V7 or so, as we push past V5, the hybrids are moving from really seedling stage growth into more hybrid stage growth, at which point a lot of, of really rapid growth occurs where we're seeing uh, within the plant itself, all the cells are there to make all the parts of the plant, but they need to elongate and grow in order to make the full plant that we see. And during this period, ear determination is also occurring where we're getting the number of rows around and kernels long and thus maximum yield potential is established. So during this time period of rapid growth and and yield potential establishment, it's really important to make sure that we have enough uh, nitrogen for the plants to take up, considering during this period we're also taking up about 70% of the total nitrogen needs of the individual hybrid. Uh, You also mentioned that the best best ways you can spend your time in the cornfield right now are looking for insect pressure such as uh, corn rootworm hatch. If you're not planting a uh, traded product with corn borer protection, you might keep your eyes open for corn borer. And additionally, you want to keep your eyes open for any sort of diseases such as gray leaf spot or northern corn leaf blight that you may then think begin thinking about what kind of fungicide applications you want to make uh, a little later in the season, like around R1. Anything else you'd like to add? 
No, I think you summarized it really well, other than it's just going to be fun to watch this crop just cruise over the next several weeks. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Wayne. And as always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new podcast episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Parkville Media Production.